This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And good morning, golf fans. Welcome inside another edition of Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino is currently in the air right now. He's making his way back from Florida, the sunny south, where he was with PGA Tour Live ESPN Plus last week on the call for the RBC Heritage, which Jordan Spieth went on to win. And we're going to have a lot on Jordan Spieth today. Sort of a win coming, maybe out of nowhere, some would say, for Jordan Spieth. A lot of uh, interesting pre-shot routines now in the bag. The way he was putting, you would think, how on earth did this guy win a golf tournament? But he did win a golf tournament. Before we discuss Jordan Spieth and that much more, let's bring in Bob. Bob, happy Easter Monday. How are you, sir? Doing well. Thank you very much. It's good to be um, good to be back on the air here. And uh, I just wish, I just kind of wish... Uh, things would warm up a little bit you know it's still not really feeling like much golf season around Toronto at the moment I know some courses are open some of the municipal courses and a few others but uh it's frosty this morning and uh I don't know the forecast has got a couple of better days but I'd like to see it get more into sort of feeling like the middle of uh the middle of spring here I was just gonna ask you is there any word on an opening date for Weston where you're at no we just kind of play it by ear and I think uh, most golf courses that don't necessarily have to rely on green fees to come for their uh, bottom line I think are trying to wait a little bit until you get some consistent heat and things are starting to grow but uh, hey it's all right it's only Easter it's usually it's almost always around the same time in the mid-20s of the of the month that uh, most of the golf course is open and uh, until then we got lots of stuff to to look after we got some great golf I'm I'm sitting here in front of uh, I must admit I've got one eye on the TV because the Boston Marathon is on as well so there's lots to do here the blue jays the raptors the uh toronto maple leafs it's uh it's an exciting time for the big city here now i know you had an experience at the maple leafs game we'll get to that a little later in the show (laughs) when we tee up leafs lunch coming up after this show here on tsn uh 10 50 but bob i actually played golf in the gta on on friday it uh it wasn't warm let's let's put it that way it was uh it was a little breezy i was just outside of London, Ontario, at Pine Knot, a, uh, a public course, which uh, I have to say, I was very impressed. The greens were running very quickly for nice. whatever day it was, April 17th. And I had about seven layers on and a toque <laughs> and uh, a neck warmer, winter gloves between shots. So I wouldn't advise that, to, you know, if, if you're into playing, if you're a fair weather golfer. But I think, Bob, by this time next week, when we're on this show at this exact time, I think we'll be hearing about Weston opening, about Bayview opening, about many more private courses around the GTA. But speaking of courses opening, uh, we have a couple of big guests on our show today. Scott Pritchard from PGA Tour Canada, the executive director, is going to join us in about 30 minutes to discuss the new Fortinet Cup, which is uh, very exciting for that tour world. Much more on that a little later in the show, as well as Michelle Liu. And she is the founder of Swing Performance Lab and Therapy, which is in Richmond Hill, Ontario. This is something that, I must be honest, I got a phone call from our program director, Jeff McDonald, about in uh, probably mid-January about this facility. And Jeff, uh, Jeff is 
probably the biggest golf fan I've ever spoken to. We, <laughs> yes, we, he is. We had a running text chain talking about Tiger Woods uh, at the Masters, especially in that second round. We were, is there a chance he can still win? We still thought he could win at one point. Of course, <laughs> that went uh, down the window. But uh, Jeff told me about this program with Michelle, and I went to go see Michelle a couple times. And Bob, we'll have much more on this later in the show. But this is something where you go in, you do a full body assessment, movements. Uh, I, I have a lot of drills I now do every morning. It's almost... It's kind of like golf yoga, but it's golf specific training. So it's a lot of drills and exercises where you're not squatting 500 pounds. It's more of a movement based drills and trying to loosen up your spine and your ribs and your hips and your back. So I know as someone who is very keen on fitness like yourself, I, I think you'll be very interested by this when we play this a little later in the show. Sounds sounds very interesting. I've uh, I've worked with a few um, or interviewed a few people, Dr. Uh... Stuart Love, who's a chiropractor who works on the PGA Tour, and Dr. Craig Davies especially, who's got similar things that he works on. And it's very interesting to see the movements that they have their players doing as opposed to, like what you just said, you know, nuts like us trying to, uh, well, I don't know about squatting 500 pounds, me, but you might be able to, but doing just the standard old uh, go to the gym and lift weights kind of thing. So I'd be interested to listen to that. Exactly. We'll be playing that, uh, or Michelle will be joining us in, in about an hour uh, from now. So much to get to, but first, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. Okay, well, last week on the show, the majority of time was spent on both Scotty Scheffler on his win at the Masters, his fourth win in six starts, the quick move to number one in the world. And Tiger Woods, who started the week at world number 973, made the cut at the Masters. Now, the big question, as Bob, you spoke about on Speed Golf last Wednesday on SportsCenter, was when would we see Tiger next? And would we see Tiger at the PGA Championship potentially? Now, we don't know about that. But one thing we do know for sure is that Tiger Woods has committed to the J.P. McManus Pro-Am which is a little before the Open Championship, the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews. And this tournament is a, a fun little program, a great field in Ireland. Yeah, J.P. McManus is a very wealthy man and a very popular uh, or very avid golf lover. He, um, he owns uh, golf courses in different parts of the world. I know one for sure in Barbados. has a beautiful resort there. And uh, he has a way of enticing many of the top players, uh, such as Rory McIlroy, such as... Now we'll see Tiger Woods, and I think uh, I think he has some deep pockets that might also influence some of those players to go up. So if Tiger's going over, obviously he's going to be uh, kind of in the neighborhood, shall we say, for the Open Championship. Why not stop off and uh, play golf with uh, some of your friends and some of your friends' friends in the Pro-Am? So I, it's interesting because it does sort of lead you to believe that he figures he can handle that, those extra rounds. Uh, ahead of the Open Championship, and it might be a good measure as to where he is uh, as he gets set to prepare for St. Andrews. And you think, too, because, you know, Tiger's not going to enter a tournament just to finish 47th like he did at the Masters. He's going to win. And you think that, I know when he's played, he played in this pro in the past, more in his heyday, he would either go, you know, this is the week before the Open Championship, and stay in Ireland and play some of the Lynx golf to get his, you know, his body accustomed to the time change and to the very different golf conditions that they play versus going to, you know, his driving range in Florida. You wonder, Bob, if he'll do the same, if he'll stay in Ireland for the, the whole week or maybe go to Scotland and play some of the other courses to really get himself ready because we saw flashes of brilliance from Tiger Woods. Yes, we saw a lot of flashes of 
incredible rust, especially around the greens. But I think from this announcement from Tiger, he really believes that he can ramp himself up and get into the mix at the Open Championship. Yeah, I think there's a little danger in reading too much into this, the fact that he is playing this. Um, I think you're right, though, in that what you can read into it as a bigger picture is that uh, he obviously feels by July he'll have a little bit more um, sustainability. He'll be able to play a little bit more. He'll be able to handle a little bit more. So uh, I think it's going to be an interesting... It's going to be interesting to see how much he plays before he goes to that that pro-am and also how much he plays between the pro-am and the open championship it will he be sort of like he did at the at the masters where he'll play nine hole rounds here and there or will he like you suggest maybe go out and play some of the other courses there and try to tune his game and his body up to not only the courses but the time zone totally and you know i think back to the 2019 open championship at, at royal portrush where Obviously, Tiger Woods won the Masters a couple of months earlier, and that was, you know, the, the biggest ticket in town. We were both there. It was an unbelievable experience. But Tiger had just come back from a vacation in Thailand. Like, it just didn't seem like his mind was almost not in it. Like, it was almost like, you know, he'd won the Masters two months earlier, he, this big, unbelievable moment. But now he's, uh, it was just a different time. So it, it's good. I think it's good to see Tiger uh, there a couple weeks earlier, and uh, we'll have much more uh, on Tiger Woods, obviously leading up to the PGA Championship and, and the U.S. Open. And more of a formality here, some other news, that Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson both registered for the U.S. Open. Now, Bob, this is more of, a, more of a formality, but just for them to both have a, I guess, be registered in the mix is good news for golf fans, potentially, at least for Tiger Woods. I mean, I'm not sure what people think of Phil Mickelson returning to a major championship, but I guess more of a formality to see them both register for this event. Yeah, as uh, as players who have an exemption, they uh, have a certain date by which they must register and let them know that they are going to play. It helps the USGA determine how many spots are going to be filled up in the field, how many they have available for qualifying. So this was just sort of that mere formality as Tiger is a past champion, Phil as uh, winner of a major within the last few years, obviously the PGA a year ago. So these things are, have, I mean, I think they have some bearing on whether or not these people want to play the events, but uh, it doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily uh, fully tell us that, yes, they are going to be there at this point. Yes, and of course, before the U.S. Open in major land is the PGA Championship. And like I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, you had the conversation uh, with Rod Smith on Sports on um, Sports Center and Speed Golf last Wednesday on would we see who who are we more likely to see at the PGA Championship, Tiger Woods or Bryson DeChambeau? And now I think that answer is a little more concrete because we know we definitely won't see Bryson DeChambeau as he had some surgery last week. I mean, Bryson. Actually, still believes he can be ready in time for the PGA. But in looking and reading at most of uh, medical information and reading doctors' reports on this type of surgery and hearing from other people, it's sort of a month minimum, month to two months mm. um, recovery. So I, I think it'd be very doubtful that we'll see him there. Although he he may and he made that remark before the surgery. So we'll see now that he's got his hand and there's some pictures of him there. He's going to try and work to get back. But I doubt he'll be there. And Tiger, I think you know, is a, probably a 50-50 shot right now. Maybe a little more. Um, I think that uh, as it gets closer, he'll he'll gauge and see how his body is. I think uh, last week was probably a big week for him to try and figure out how his body recovered from a full week of tournament golf and what it can handle and whether or not he's got a sort of a, 
a schedule in uh, in place as to what he wants to accomplish and when he wants to accomplish it. Uh, but I, I think right now I'm leaning towards the fact that he'll probably play. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. And, you know, Tiger Woods has had success at that course before. The PGA Championship would be fun to see him uh, again. And for Bryson DeChambeau, curious how he comes back after this injury. Will he try to play a little differently? Will he, you know, try to go even faster with a recovered uh, handmate? I guess we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, before we go to break, Bob, some other news. Uh, LPGA Tour-wise, Brooke Henderson. Uh, at a tournament she's won twice before the Lotte Championship, was forced to withdraw due to an illness last week. Yeah, we don't know much more about it than that, and I think there's, it's very easy to read and to speculate on that illness. Uh, we should know more this week if she's in the field, which is a tournament where she's a defending champion, basically the L.A. Open for women at the Wilshire Country Club. So I think it's, uh, and I, a lot of people on social media were reaching out and making suggestions that I think really at this point we don't know uh, we may never know, and that's Brooks, Brooks, right to uh, to keep it private, whatever happens. But um, she uh, she's hopefully will be in the field this week, and we'll figure out uh, just where she was at. By of note, the one round she did play, she hit 13 of 14 fairways with her driver, so that's good news. That's great news, and obviously using the much shorter driver uh, this year after the the rule change. So it's good to see uh, Brooke Henderson playing well uh, with the driver. It's been a great start to this year for Brooke Henderson as well. Very consistent. No victories just yet, but a host of top 10s, top 15 finishes as well. So hopefully we see Brooke Henderson back in the field this week. Bob, I mentioned Jordan Spieth. He's now back in the top 10 in the world after his victory at the RBC Heritage. Coming up on the other side, we'll break down Jordan Spieth's 13th career PGA Tour victory. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. I'm Scully Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino will be by in about an hour from now, as I think he is landing from his flight uh, to Florida at around this time. I think I'll get a text from Mark at some point pretty soon, I, I, I think anyway, um, where he was there for ESPN Plus, Golf TV here in Canada, PGA Tour Live, discussing the RBC Heritage. He was doing the, the coverage for that. And that's where we're going now because Jordan Spieth is back in the winner's circle. So much to discuss about Jordan Spieth. Been a bit of a strange 2022 for Jordan Spieth, the good finish at Pebble Beach, but really MIA since then. But he picked up his 13th career PJ Tour win Sunday at the RBC Heritage. Before we break down Spieth's win, let's hear from the latest champion on the PGA Tour. You know, you have a lot of events where you feel like you should have won and someone outplays you or makes the putt or something. And a couple times you have one where you you feel like you played good but not good enough to win. And I, I honestly felt like this was that week. Um, I needed a lot of things to go right. I needed to birdie the 18th, then needed some help, got some help, um, dodged a bunch of bullets coming in, and then ended up in a one-on-one -on -one playoff where my lie in the bunker, although not great, was certainly better than Patrick's. So um, 
Yeah, it's uh, a, a bit of a surprise. I, I've definitely felt like I was putting myself in the position hole to hole this week to to win a golf tournament, um, and I just was having a hard time early in the week adjusting to the speed differences from last week, and then um, the hole started to look small to me yesterday, and and then just came out today and said I'm not going to leave one putt short, and. Um, and if they miss, they miss, and, and just try to be a little bit more aggressive and made just enough to to cap it and, and win. He certainly did just make enough to cap it and win. Bob, after you saw Jordan Spieth miss that 18-inch tap-in putt on Saturday, did you think a win was possible for this guy? Like, this is, this is quite a turnaround for Jordan Spieth. You know what I thought, and this is sort of cruel, but I thought, okay, he's going he's gonna to lose this by one shot. <laughs> you always sort of think those things, and uh, it's amazing how many times it does happen. But I know uh, reading in his transcripts afterwards, he talked to his wife after, who's not necessarily someone he turns to for golf advice, but she said to him, okay, I want you to go, and after you have a, a putt like that, a little tap, and I want you to count to five, so the old five-second rule. <laughs> Uh, a little different version of it and before you <laughs> before you tap anything in and he said there were about four or five occasions on Sunday when he would have normally just kind of gone up and wrapped one in where he did that he counted to five made sure cooled off a bit from missing the putt or whatever he was was bothering him and got his focus back before he tapped those in so uh, I guess you can give his wife a little bit of a credit on the on the win for this one but yeah it's um it's amazing how many times he's done that though this year uh, I've seen so many little short putts where he's missed at the Masters was another one where that's a little bit more common. But um, but as he's, I, I think anytime you win a PGA Tour event, you know you have to hit good shots, but you also have to get good breaks. And the number of bullets he dodged down the stretch from other players who had opportunities to tie him or perhaps even pass him, uh, the fact that there was only one player in that playoff and Patrick Cantlay was was stunning. Uh, but good, but good for Jordan for uh, for pulling it through. And as you said, I pulled a couple of stats out here. Uh, you know, his putting was not great. He was tied for 60th in strokes gained putting. He was fourth off the tee, and by his own admission, he was sixth in scrambling. In his own admission, though, he said that he really has not putted all that well this year. But uh, uh, it, it, he did it well enough at the right time and got away with enough shots that uh, that he's got to win. You mentioned dodging bullets, and you know he finished. You know he made the birdie on his 72nd hole to get to 13 under. And at that point, you know Shane Lowry just got to 14 under with four or five holes left in the tournament. So he certainly uh, dodged a lot of bullets. You mentioned uh, his putting stats for the week: lost two and a half shots to the field in putting alone. It's rare to see a PGA Tour victory from a player who struggles that much on the putting green. And you know he had that short miss as well back on Saturday of last year's Open Championship on his 18th hole, where that was definitely inside two feet and the ball barely touched the hole. So it, it's, I think a lot of people like watching Jordan Spieth. And I've seen a lot of this online too, because he seems pretty relatable, Bob. Like he seems like he'll go out, he's going to talk to his golf ball, whether it's a good shot or a bad shot. He's, he's always talking to his golf ball, but uh, he's a lot of fun to watch and he'll be a lot of fun to watch. And uh, about a month or so now because history again will be on the line for Jordan Spieth at the PGA Championship a win and he joins those who has the career grand slam after missing the cut at the Masters now a win at the RBC Heritage what's your outlook on Jordan Spieth now with uh, the PGA Championship just under a month away sure I mean it's a style of golf course that he can he can handle and you know um, just speaking of that record you go back and look at his wins 
um, and, and how they came in major championships. And you think of that U.S. Open that he won against Dustin Johnson, talking about guys missing little putts. Uh, they basically gave, uh, gave Jordan the chance to, to win that one. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past him, although it's such a hot and cold year, as you said it when we started talking about this. You know, he's had that good finish at Pebble, but really nothing until this week. Uh, to speak of and so I don't know which Jordan's going to show up that's going to be the interesting part about it yeah that's right now 13 wins 75 career top 10s for Jordan Spieth cracking the 75 or sorry cracking the 50 million mark uh, in career earnings just on the golf course for Jordan Spieth that's hard to believe he's already been around for so long I still think back to that 2013 President's Cup where you know after he holed out to win the or to uh at the john deere classic in that playoff that canadian david hearn was in and now he is where he is uh, on the pga tour so good on him Uh, speaking of canadians another good week for Corey connors and he had another sort of strange start to 2022 had a good finish at the wgc dell technologies match play followed it up with another good week at the masters third straight top 10 a t12 at the rbc heritage Corey connors just trending in the right direction now Corey Connors is uh, playing some good golf, and um, I thought that he kind of didn't necessarily have as as good a stuff as he had at the Masters with the putter. Uh, it was his third week in a row, so he might be running a little bit tired, especially with a major in the middle there. We'll see. Uh, he's not obviously not playing this week. Well, not obviously, but he's not playing this week. And um, I, I just think that uh, it's going to be a matter of time before he gets that second win. So as we're saying with with Jordan, you know, so many things have to go in your favor. You not only have to play well, but the, you have to get the breaks and the hope that the other guys maybe don't get those breaks that you're getting before you get a win. Adam Hadwin again continues to play some good golf. He and Adam Svensson are going to be uh, paired up together uh, in the field at the uh, at the New Orleans uh, tournament this week, which is a team event. Uh, Michael Gligic is also in the field. The only the three Canadians here this week, which is probably like a uh, a low for the for the year with those guys. Um, but anyway, I think, um, yeah, I think overall right now, those Canadian guys are, are trending well. Taylor Pendrith is the only guy. He is suffering from a bit of a rib injury, which he sustained at the Players' Championship. That was, uh, news came out, Jason Logan at Score Golf had that uh, this morning. So he's hoping to be ready in time for the PGA Championship. So a little bit of a setback for a guy who's had a lot of setbacks in his career physically. And a lot of sort of weird setbacks. Like, he, did, he, did he not tear his palm like yeah, he had a wrist. Re- yeah, right in the palm, he had something ripped in there, and he's had some nagging injuries. He's a guy who does a little bit like Bryson. You know, he swings it pretty fast and pretty hard. Um, he's actually sort of dialed it back to a more comfortable pace and worked more on the rest of his game, and that's I think part of why he's had so much more success lately. He's been able to stay healthy, and he had that great chance to win uh, in Bermuda back in the fall portion of the schedule. Before you go to break, you mentioned Adam Hadwin here, and he had three straight top tens going into the week. Bob, you had him on your TSN Edge team this past week at the RBC Heritage. T26, so again, Hadwin is also a guy trending in the right direction where you know he was the only guy to finish in the top 10 at both the Players' Championship and the Valspar Championship. Guy's playing a, a lot of great golf right now. You've got to think the way you know his, his greens and regulation stats are so much better than they were last year, those swing changes coming into fruition. You've got to think a win is just around the corner for Adam Hadwin. He's he's really confident in the in the times that I've spoken with him recently. He's really confident in in his new swing, in his ability, how he's moving the ball left and right, and he's not relying totally on his putter, which was a lot of what he used to do. But I think right now his game is uh, uh, he's you know it's amazing how much positivity he has 
just talking to him, just just hearing him speak about everyday things uh, in his golf game that uh, that makes such a difference. So uh, he's come through some some pretty deep holes in, in his uh, changing of his swing, but I think the benefits are showing right now. And you look, we got uh, they haven't updated the President's Cup standings yet, but as of last week, there were three guys inside the top 13, three Canadians. So who knows what might happen if these guys keep up at this pace. Yeah, for sure. And President's Cup, it's uh, just around the corner uh, later this year in September. We'll have much more on the President's Cup on Golf Talk Canada television this week. That's all I'll say on that. Speaking of Canadians doing well and Canadians developing in the game of golf, on the other side, we'll be joined by Scott Pritchard, the Executive Director of PGA Tour Canada, to discuss the new Fortinet Cup. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully and Weeks here with you. Zakino joining us for a segment in hour two. It's been a very busy show thus far, and some big news was announced last week. PGA Tour Canada and Fortinet with the Fortinet Cup, a season-long points race, and Earlier this week as well, Bob had a chance to catch up with Executive Director Scott Pritchard from PGA Tour Canada to discuss this new partnership and much more with PGA Tour Canada. Here's the Executive Director of PGA Tour Canada with a big announcement. And um, this is one I know that's been a while in the works, but it must be exciting, Scott Pritchard, to... uh, to get this up and running and, and in front of everybody. And boy, that's going to really benefit a lot of young golfers, isn't it? It certainly is, Bob. And thank you for that. It's, uh, you know, it's been an exciting time working with, with Fortinet uh, over the last several months to, to bring this to fruition. And we're so excited to partner with Fortinet and, you know, great company, as you know, uh, really getting involved on the sponsorship side in golf and, and in Canada is going to be no different. And in this season is, uh, one that we're excited to get going uh, later this uh, in in May. Uh, as you said, this is going to be a season to get going, and this is the first time we've had a season, a full season. Although you mm-hmm. had some uh, some great uh, efforts have been put forth to to give some golfers a place to play, but this is back to kind of um, the seasons we're used to for PGA Tour Canada, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. So we're we're right in the middle of our sort of at that latter end, I'll call it, of our Q schools. Um, so we have two Q schools left to do one, uh, next week, uh, in Tacoma at the home course. And then the following week is our final Q school, which is at crown Isle resort in Comox. And that, you know, that event or that Q school site is, is where the large uh, number of Canadian players go. Um, so once that's done, we'll have our roster set for the season. Uh, and then we get going, uh, May 30th in Victoria at the Royal beach, Victoria open, uh, which we've got a new title sponsor there. Uh, and we've got some other announcements. Uh, well, you'll see some other announcements that come along when we announce our schedule uh, early next week. Okay, let's go back to Fortinet for a minute. The Fortinet Cup is is going to be 
is if am I right? I'm saying sort of the equivalent of the FedEx Cup for PGA Tour Canada. Is that sort of the yeah. way it's going to work? Yeah, definitely. So exactly that, Bob. Following the competitive structure of the FedEx Cup, uh, it's a season-long points race uh, for the players. Um, there's a hundred thousand dollar bonus pool at the end of the season for the top ten players, of which twenty-five thousand dollars will go to the winner. Uh, which will obviously be a, a, a huge uh, win for that person. Uh, it'll also include an exemption into the 2023 RBC Canadian Open and along with full status on the Corn Ferry Tour for next season. Um, similarly, the two through five will earn conditional status on Corn Ferry Tour and then six through 10 will get into the final stage of, of the Corn Ferry Tour qualifying school. So uh, going back to what we have normally uh, had in, in years past on PGA Tour Canada, uh, this year, uh, obviously a little bit different with the added uh, bonus and, and uh, benefits that Fortinet is bringing to the table. So we, we couldn't be more excited for that. How, how proud are you to look up at the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour and see the graduates who have come through? Because it seems like Every week, if there's not one winning, there's certainly one in the mix. Yeah, no, it, it definitely makes us proud. I think everyone involved with PGA Tour Canada, um, you know, feels a sense of pride when they see a PGA Tour Canada alum uh, perform well on the PGA Tour and on the Corn Ferry Tour and, you know, take a pride that they played a, a role in, in that player's journey. Um, we've had 16 players that have won. Uh, sorry, we have 16 wins from 14 players on the PGA Tour. Most recently, J.J. Spawn um, in San Antonio at the Valero Texas Open. Uh, Sepp Straka, I think six of the nine first-time winners this year are all PGA Tour Canada alums. So, And then similarly, on the Corn Ferry Tour, we've got uh, 50 wins on the Corn Ferry Tour, including seven by four Canadian players. So, um, you know, we're the, our alums are, are doing quite well. And I think it's a testament to the events and the sponsors that we have on our tour that provide these great PGA tour like experiences across the country. I know you can't release the schedule yet. You're not talking about the schedule, but it seems like there's going to be a, uh, uh, a big cross country effort. There's some great stops. There's some mm -hmm. interesting places to go without giving us the, all the details. Uh, how excited are you about what you've got in store for this season? Yeah, I, I'm really excited about about our our schedule, and you'll you have seen in the in the press release we're playing the Fortinet Cup Championship at Deer Ridge Golf Club in Kitchener Waterloo, and I can tell you that I'm really excited about that event. Uh, Deer Ridge will be a formidable test for the players, as you know, Bob. Uh, it's the top 60 players that that play in that event, and that course would you know sets up beautifully for that. And I know Fortinet is really excited about, about that event as well. And in that market in particular, I mean, you, we've both seen in years past um, how that community embraces professional golf, the LPGA tour, uh, you know, a few years ago, the, the uh, PGA of Canada championship or the CPJ championship, that was, as it was called at Whistlebear. I mean, some of the best crowds they ever saw uh, on what was then the nationwide tour, obviously Corn Ferry Tour now. So um, I'm hoping that this event will will have some of that. Uh, we've already seen some great community uh, involvement and sponsorship. Uh, you know, we have some great charities that are involved and, and we'll have some uh, other announcements regarding the Fortinet Cup Championship uh, forthcoming. Um, but, you know, excited for that. 
I'm really excited as well for our event in Prince Edward Island. You know, we've been trying to play uh, that event in, in PEI for a number of years. Now we played a scaled down version last year, but again, the community's really embraced it. You know, we could run across the board. Your friend Graham Dillette is our honorary chair at the Elk Ridge Resort Open, um, which again, we played last year, but in, in a different structure. So, I mean, there's a lot to look forward to, to this year, um, you know, new sponsors, some new, new venues that we're playing the Ontario open, you know, finally coming on as an official event. Uh, we have an event in Minnesota, the CRMC championship. So again, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm missing some here, but, uh, you know, we're, again, we're, we're really excited. I think more, more so for our tournaments, you know, being able to get back at it and provide these opportunities for the players. I know you didn't want to release the schedule, but it sounds like <laughs> <did>. <laughs> um, just to finish up, obviously one of the big parts of, of this, of, of PGA tour Canada is to benefit the Canadian players. It's not solely for that because it's an international tour. Um, what, what do you think the Canadian tour, the, what the PGA Tour Canada provides to these young Canadian players. I mean, we've got so many young up and coming mm -hmm. players who've come through the amateur ranks and now through the young pro program uh, that are going to be playing on there. What, what does this tour provide for them? Well, we, I think, you know, Bob, we have a relationship with golf Canada and we provide two uh, sponsor exemption spots for golf Canada and their national team members every week. And so if you look at the history of the players that have accepted those invitations, Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, um, Taylor Pendrith, I mean, the list goes on. And so by providing the, those opportunities for those players, especially I think as amateurs, it gives them that experience, you know, what it's like to play in a professional golf tournament. So when they do turn professional, they have that experience under their belt. They know how to navigate. I'm talking, you know, about the intangibles, the registration process, dealing with volunteers, the media, et cetera. So it, it's almost like a training opportunity for them, um, you know, outside of the actual training ground of golf. Uh, similarly, we, we, um, we will have some news uh, forthcoming with respect to some other uh, Canadian specific benefits for players. Um, we're not quite ready to make that announcement, but I think it'll be welcomed uh, by Canadians and, and by the media alike. And it, it's something that we've been, um, you know, we saw the success of PGA tour Canada last summer when we provided the unique experience and opportunity for Canadian players mainly. And so coming off the heels of that and seeing the interest level uh, peak for our tour, um, you know, we really looked into, there's a lot of competitive Canadian players, as you've alluded to, and, and some of them, you know, won't have full status on, on PGA Tour Canada um, or status at all. And so we're looking at some uh, areas to include what I'll call qualified professional players that are looking to make it to the PGA Tour. Well, it's uh, it's a great announcement, PGA Tour Canada, the Fortinet Cup, and uh, the full schedule to come out uh, next week. And uh, congratulations, Scott, on uh, on first of all surviving through the last couple of years <laughs> and really providing a home for some people to get some competitive golf in, and now back to somewhat normal conditions with uh, with the Fortinet Cup. Congratulations! Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it, and I appreciate your support and Golf Talk Canada and everyone at TSN. Thank you. That's. PGA Tour Canada Executive Director Scott Pritchard with our Bob Weeks. And Bob, this is some pretty significant news for PGA Tour Canada to have the Fortinet Cup. When, when you first heard 
that this was going down? What were your thoughts? Well, I guess uh, one of the first things that came, came to mind was the fact that it's no longer the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada, which was a handle that was awkward to get through and awkward to long to write. But it's nice that when that sponsorship ended that there's another one waiting in the wings. And I think it goes to show you just how, um, how important something like this is viewed by a lot of different levels of, of business, a lot of different levels of, um, of, of the PGA Tour family, I guess you want to call it. And when they do announce this schedule, I think you'll see some pretty interesting uh, tour stops, some pretty interesting local sponsors. And that's where this really comes to work and is at the local spot, at the little, not the little, but the towns where this, these tournaments are going to play and the people they're going to see, they won't know right now that what they're going to go on to. But, you know, J.J. Spahn, who won a couple of weeks ago in Texas, was a PGA Tour Canada player. So are basically every one of the Canadians out there at some point. Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors and Adam Hadwin and Roger Sloan and all these guys came up playing on that tour. So um, it's great to see that it's going to continue. And it's great to see the hard work of, uh, of Scott Pritchard and his team coming to fruition again. And you touched on this at the end of the interview, but how about how great it's been for PGA Tour Canada to stay afloat during COVID. I mean, this is a time where businesses have shut down, the world is shut down for both for both people running the tour and the players finding a place to play. The PGA, PGA Tour Canada has stayed going and, you know, albeit 2020, 2021, there were, it was a shorter schedule, but they still kept going for them to stay afloat and now this new partnership this is this is unbelievable for them isn't it i've interviewed jay monahan pga tour commissioner a number of times and our discussion invariably goes towards pga tour canada and he considers it a vital part of the pga tour family something that they will continue to support and i think that if there hadn't even been a sponsor such as fortinet or something like that i think they still would have found a way to keep it going because they realize that this is how you get your next generation of players this is where, what they need. They need competitive spots to play. They need something that resembles the PGA Tour in terms of operation, in terms of four rounds, uh, in terms of, of sponsors that you have to work with. So I think it's, uh, it's great to see and, and really a lot of hard work by Scott Pritchard to manufacture this the circuit over the last two years in, in essence and, and keep it going and keep it operational um, while a lot of, as you suggested, a lot of others were, were not doing so. Totally, and and one of one of the favorite things uh, a part of as part of being on this show is to interview the winners of those of the tournaments where we can help. You know, maybe someone listening to this or watching our show on TV sees a name and says, "I don't know anything about this person," but what we're able to do is is help look, you know teach you about the the next JJ Spawn or the next Sepp Straka or the next Corey Connors or the next Joel Damon or anyone who has played on PGA Tour Canada. So it's a great thing, and congratulations for PGA Tour Canada, Fortinet Cup. We'll have much more uh, on their schedule, on everything else PGA Tour Canada-related as their season eventually gets underway. Now, Bob, something else we do here on Golf Talk Canada throughout the summer is 20 weeks of TaylorMade. On the other side, we'll give you an update on how you can win a stealth fairway. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. 
This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Wrapping up hour one here on Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Skino joining us in about 25 minutes' time to discuss the RBC Heritage. Uh, Bob, before we get to 20 weeks of Taylor made, we were discussing Taylor Pendrith and that rib injury. Um, and there's actually, and I'm seeing now a quote online from his agent, and I will read this. Uh, Taylor has been feeling rib discomfort since the Players' Championship, and an MRI revealed a rib fracture. After consultation with his doctors, it has been determined that he should continue resting until the rib is fully healed. The rib will be monitored regularly with a plan to return to play after the PGA Championship. So tough news there for Taylor Pendrith. Bob, have you ever had any rib injuries, fractures, issues at all? I have not, but uh, those people that I do know who have had them say it's the most sort of awkwardly painful type of injury because you can't really move in any one direction without feeling it. You sort of settle yourself into a position, and then if you sit up, stand up, turn, whatever, it um, it becomes painful. And I was just, it's funny, I was trying to signal you during the break there that uh, I got an email from it from Taylor's agent. It's the same thing with the exact same uh, thing. Elliot Kerr, who's a longtime agent uh, in Toronto and has uh, been working with um, with Taylor, uh, set it all up. And and coincidentally, to making making my, my worlds connect here, I mentioned at the top, that the uh, Boston Marathon's on today. Elliot's company also runs the Mississauga Marathon, which is coming oh. up on May 1st. So he does golf and uh, running too. So there you go. There you go. Good minds think alike on the uh, Taylor Pendrith uh, <laughs> update. Uh, yeah, before we get 20 to Taylor made, Bob, uh, are you, uh, is there any marathons in, in, your, uh, in your future here? Any, any running? No, nothing, no, nothing at the moment right now. Okay. I'm, gonna, okay. uh, I'm just going to, I help out at the, I am an announcer, the announcer at the start of the Mississauga Marathon, oh. which is always a fun day. And, um, it used to be with uh, Mayor Hazel McCallion. I'm not sure if she's going to come out this year. She's into her hundreds, and she's still the most popular person. It's uh, it's pretty incredible to see, but it's great to see all these athletes and runners of all shapes, sizes, and abilities all taking to the toe, towing the line. There's a 5K race that we start with on Saturday, and then goes right to the full marathon. But uh, and I don't know. I, I think there's a few golfers. I know Justin Leonard ran a marathon once. Wow. I'm trying to think if there's any other golfers that I know that have run marathons. Not uh, not that off the top of my head, but. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> there you There's go. the connection, well, end of story. But Taylor Pendrith, too bad for Taylor. Uh, hopefully he gets well soon. And uh, he's just such a great, uh, such a great talent and had all his bad luck is in his way. Yeah, certainly a lot of bad luck for, uh, for Taylor Pendrith. Hopefully a speedy uh, recovery. I mentioned off uh, before going to break, 20 weeks of Taylor made. That continues our week two prize, a stealth fairway. Doing the draw tonight. So stay tuned to our... Uh, social media channels, Twitter and Instagram. You can still uh, you can still get involved. You can still get into our draw. Follow Golf Talk Canada. Follow Taylor Made Canada. Twitter, Instagram. Tag your golfing buddies. You'll be in the draw to win. Of course, Bob. Twenty weeks of Taylor Made is bigger and better than it's ever been before. We're giving away over thirty thousand dollars of prizes this year, including a stay and play at Casa de Campo as our grand prize. Bob, I know you were fitted for some stealth irons. Uh, have they? Have you hit them? Have they arrived? Have you? Are, are you ready to go for golf season? Uh, they have not arrived yet. I'm anticipating. I know there's uh, lots of slowdowns, uh, not due to anyone's fault, other than I think shafts are a little bit yes. harder to get. 
the shaft comp the companies that make a lot of the shafts uh, were a while back were hit and by COVID and closed down quite a bit. Uh, but I haven't. I've actually got my stealth driver still oh. in the box. I'm not going to open it. And I know what's in there. I know what's happening. I'm not going to open it yet until it's actually time to take it to the golf course. Wow. Now, did you, were you using your new, any of your new gear when you played last week? I, you know what, Bob, I certainly was. I have the clubs actually back in my home setup here, uh, here in my golf bag. I was using both the stealth plus driver, nine degree, cranked down to 7.5 degrees and the stealth five wood which i have at the moment down to around a four and four wood three wood sort of degree but i, I must tell you uh my friend gavin as well got uh, got the stealth plus and this is a guy he, he played university golf he's he's a he's a he's a good golfer he's around a two handicap and he hit a stealth driver and on friday and the look he gave he hit the shot it's this dead perfect probably 320 yard two yard cut and the look of giddiness that I saw from his face from the, the most perfect ball flight, I just looked at him and I almost fell over laughing because that's what the stealth does. It's, you know, it's, it's a great sound, which, which you'll eventually feel when you get on the golf course and, and crush one on the first hole at Weston. And it's, it's just a great club. You know, the, the misses are, aren't as, as big for the, uh, for which is great, and a lot of players, myself included, tour players included, are seeing much more ball speed, which is what you really want to hear. Yeah, and I must admit, when we went down to test it in December and at the unveiling down uh, at TaylorMade in California, that was my biggest concern was going to be what the sound was like, because it is all carbon, and there have been uh, attempts at making a carbon driver in the past where the sound has really not added up to what you want to hear and it doesn't sound it sounds strange to say that hearing can really affect your driver but it does here as the people who uh, put these things together say sound is feel and if you don't hear that sound it somehow just doesn't feel proper but when we were testing it down in california i do remember it feeling pretty nice so that's uh that's that's going to be an interesting part to look forward to for for us and anyone else who gets their hands on one and totally, and golf in the GTA is open at some municipal golf courses now, some public golf courses, and a lot of, uh, you know, the rest of the golf courses, let's say before the end of the month, we'll be playing and debriefing our, uh, our, our weekend warrior stories on Golf Talk Canada. Maybe we'll do on social media, we'll, we'll put a little poll out, you know, how did your first round of golf go? Did you pull anything? Did you make a hole-in-one? Did you do anything special? Because it's, it's always a good time of year to get out, you know, get the cobwebs out. Hopefully, uh, you'll be doing some stretches and getting ready for golf season. Because on the other side, if you haven't been doing some stretches, if you haven't been warming up, we'll tell you all about the Swing Lab Performance and Therapy, which you can uh, go to. You can uh, get ready for golf season, get loose, get limber, get ready to hit some big drives this year and, and uh, shave many strokes off your handicap. We'll discuss that coming up to tee off hour two on GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.
This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. All right, kicking off the back nine here on Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Sacchino joining us in about 10 minutes or so. He is on the ground. He is back from the RBC Heritage. We'll break it all down with Mark coming up in about 10 minutes or so but Bob we've been teasing this all show the swing lab performance and therapy this is uh, a little place at uh, in Richmond Hill where you can go and tune up your golf swing you can get loose you can get limber you can get stronger specifically for golf which isn't your typical you know deadlift 500 pound squat bench press the works this is these are moves geared directly for your golf swing. I've had a couple of sessions at the Swing Lab Performance and Therapy Center, and Michelle Liu is the founder of that. Let's play the interview. I spoke to Michelle a little earlier to discuss everything involved with Swing Lab Performance and Therapy. And we're pleased to be joined by Michelle Liu, the founder of Swing Lab Performance and Therapy. Michelle, welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, just so our viewers and listeners know, I've seen you a couple times and we'll get into that because you have changed my golf off season and I am so excited for golf season just around the corner here in the GTA. But for those who aren't aware, give us a sense of what the swing lap performance and therapy is all about. So I started swing lap performance and therapy about four years ago. The main idea was that we want to be able to look at how people utilize their body in the golf swing to help people either prevent injury, recover from injury, or also if you struggle to achieve something in your golf swing, we look at what is happening with the body and how you're utilizing it in the golf swing to figure out basically the why you can't do it or you do certain things in the golf swing. Then that way we can work on the root cause, which is changing how your body moves and help you achieve that changes in the golf swing. Well, and the beauty of this, Michelle, is that any golfer, any age can go and see you, whether you're 10 years old, whether you're 75 years old, I'm sure you have clients who are a number of different ages. Yeah. So right now we do see um, golfers as young as we have a couple between like six to eight. Those are like competitive, very highly high level competitive juniors. And then we have clients as old as like 82 we have someone 80 that started golf at 70, which was pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, the main thing is because we're looking at more the body as long as someone has a developed swing pattern, we can take a look and see how they utilize the body and how to make it more efficient so that they don't get injured and also perform better. Now, I've been through a couple of sessions, like I mentioned, but walk us through the process of when someone comes in and sees you for the first time. Yeah, for sure. So for the first appointment, usually we go through the whole 3D biomechanics assessment, and we will start with a comprehensive head-to-toe physical assessment, looking at your mobility, how the joints move, your range of motion, and we do neuromuscular testing to see how the muscles are firing 
the major ones we need in the golf swing, if they are working or not. And we also go through some tests to see how you control motions when we're loading the hip joints and the different joints in the body. Then after that, we go through and do a 3D biomechanics analysis of your golf swing, where we'll break down to see all the tilt, rotation angles, and all the fun stuff, like all the numbers in the little robot, so that we can tie that back to what we know with your body to figure out the connection in between to see how we can make it better. And so that's where you see how you can make it better. So after the first assessment I went to, you sent me, I believe it was seven or eight different exercises to help mobility, mm -hmm. flexibility, and strength. But these aren't your typical, you know, squat, deadlift, bench press. These are exercises built directly to enhance your golf swing, your core, your legs, your hips. So it, they're not your typical exercises, but they're exercises specifically for golf, correct? Yeah, I would say, yes, they're specifically for golf, but they're more targeted to exactly to what we saw in the physical assessment, right? So sometimes we get people where they don't necessarily have a mobility issue in the physical problems, but then they have the range of motion. They just don't know how to control or how to move that in the golf swing then the exercises will be different and people that are restricted in mobility, they will have to regain the mobility first, depending on what the cause is. And then from there, we progress into strengthening. Yes, but like you say, it's not the typical strengthening exercises you see. At the beginning, you don't really need a lot of resistance or weight training is more getting the right muscles to work and it can be pretty tough on people. <laughs> Well, it can certainly be pretty tough on people, but I, I feel personally that as a taller guy, it's helped me, uh, you know, not on the golf course, just in terms of how my hips are feeling, how my back mm -hmm. is feeling, which, which is, which is a great thing, which I'm super, um, excited about, but for the, the common player are, mm -hmm. is the back and hips, is that where you see the most tightness and need for improve or is it somewhere else in the body? Um, definitely the back and hip are the, one of the most common spots. I would say the most common we see, number one, is definitely where the spine go into the pelvis, that junction, where most people struggle with having enough mobility there just because people sit a lot nowadays, right? And then the other thing that we see a lot is upper spine and shoulders. Same thing with people being on computer and phones a lot more, that the spine gets stiff and the muscles in the upper back a lot of times don't work properly, which restricts how people move their shoulder and rotate the upper body in the golf swing. So those two would definitely be the most common one that we see. Well, and another really cool thing about your facility is that, yes, there's this great space to do a bunch of drills, some cables, all these different strength training specifically for golf. But there's also a golf simulator, so you get to hit balls. <laughs> What's it like for yes. you and your staff to, to have that ability to have a client come in, spend the first half of their assessment, uh, you know, getting worked on, getting, you know, getting some new drills to do, and then actually mm -hmm. getting to watch them hit balls. That's got to be great for you guys and great for the client, too, to take some of the changes that you've implemented and see if they, see if they pay off. Yeah, for sure. So I insisted on we having the simulator because... At the end of the day, if we work on the body and the body started moving better, it's hard to know if it translates into the golf swing until we work on that part. 
So like after the assessment in the follow-ups, what we do is we will do a combination of manual therapy, corrective exercise, strengthening, and then we spend like the last 15, 20 minutes working on it to translate in the golf swing so that if you learn how to move and stabilize your hip a certain way, we want to make sure you can do it while you are having the club in your hand as well so that you can go play when you go play, it's better. <laughs> well, I, you know, I've enjoyed my first couple of sessions with you, Michelle, and I know all of our uh, listeners tuning into this right now and people watching this too will as well. Where can people find more information on the Swing Lab Performance and Therapy? Uh, yeah, so you can go onto our website, swinglabtheory.com, and we actually do have a home assessment guide that people can download and kind of go through a couple tests and then book a complimentary consultation with us where we'll go over your results with you and kind of see what is causing the restriction and how we may help you. And you can also find us on Instagram at swinglabto and I think, yeah, and Facebook. <laughs> Facebook at Swing Lab Performance and Therapy. Well, well, Michelle, like I mentioned, I've really enjoyed the first couple sessions I've gone to. I know TSN Radio Program Director Jeff McDonald's also been very high, <laughs> very keen on his experience yes, with you so here. far. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks for your time today, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. That was Michelle Liu from the Swing Lab Performance and Therapy. Bob, I don't know about you, but throughout that entire interview, I, I think I should have been stretching. I should have been loosening up. We've been sitting here for an hour and 10 minutes now. But this is something that I, I recommend all of our listeners, all of our viewers, you know, check it out, especially because, as Michelle mentioned, we've spent a lot of the winter, especially with different phases of lockdown, too, sitting down for long periods of time. And that's where your spine really locks up, your back really locks up, and, and going to this place will, will help loosen your body and get you really tuned up for golf season. Yeah, and I think it's something that a lot of us overlook. We'll just kind of go out there and all of a sudden expect to be limber and loose, the start, especially at the start of a new season. I think a lot of us don't perhaps do proper stretching of any kind to begin with, let alone do proper stretching you know, before you go out and play around. And you really can injure yourself. I think I know I've had some aching um, bits and pieces here from, from doing that improperly. So I think this is a really interesting um, place. I think it's a really interesting program. It's something that perhaps a lot of people overlook when they're trying to think about how can I improve my game. But as you're obviously uh, testing too, it's, uh, it's a pretty remarkable and uh, maybe eye-opening experience. That, that's a very good way to put it, Bob, eye-opening, because when I went through that initial assessment, and we'll actually show some of these graphics when we show this on television next week, these are like specific, like to the degree of where your spine is moving in your swing, like the degree of rotation. It like it's it's eye opening. It's pretty crazy. So I, I'm looking forward to our our Golf Talk Canada viewing audience also seeing some of these graphics, seeing some of the drills that that Michelle has been putting me through. I'm going for my third session as well later this week. Looking forward to all this, and hopefully uh, you and Mark can get there at some point to help you guys get tuned up and ready to go for golf season. Speaking of Mark. Mark is on the ground. He has landed from Florida. He'll be joining us after the break for a full recap of the RBC Heritage. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. 
This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully and Bob Weeks here with you. Mark Spino joining us momentarily to discuss the RBC Heritage. Jordan Spieth back in the winner's circle. And after what happened at the Masters for Jordan Spieth after the first start of 2022, unexpected might be an understatement. Let's see what Mark thinks about this. Uh, Mark now joins us on the phone. Mark, you're back in Toronto. Welcome back to Canada, my friend. Thanks, boys. That was a, an early morning start to get uh, to get home. Uh, thanks for, uh, obviously, uh, steering the ship, as always, both you boys. So, uh, appreciate it, but I, I don't know how you guys feel. I, I'm surprised, and I'm surprised not just because of the performance at Augusta, and then, you know, here we are a week later, but I'm also surprised in the sense that, you know, I, I had Jordan for, in our featured group coverage uh, on ESPN Plus for Saturday's round, and you saw what he did on 18. I mean, a complete mental breakdown on 18 on Saturday night. It was a three putt from 10 feet. Would really, he had the opportunity to get in the house at 10 under par and possibly into the into the final group on Sunday. And instead, he falls to eight under pars, like four groups ahead of the final pair. So I'm thinking to myself, this is a guy like just not strong enough between the years, not prepared at the moment to win a golf tournament. That he's still fighting his way back. But wow. Boy, was I wrong, I guess. And, you know, at the end of the day, my big take from Jordan is, I guess, one of our big takes that all three of us have have always had with Jordan is this guy has an ability that only two or three other people in my entire life I've ever witnessed with my own eyes uh, that that have the ability to just kind of will it in the hole, find a way to get it to the bottom of the cup, whether it's hole-in-bunker shots or 80-foot putts. It just seems like he's using some type of, I don't know, power from above to put it in the hole. Obviously, Tiger had it. There's probably one or two more I'm forgetting, but very few people, you know, where it just seems like it doesn't matter what they look like the week before. It doesn't matter how bad they might have looked on Thursday or Friday. I mean, they can just get it in the hole. It's uh, it is amazing how he does that, and it is amazing if you look at some of his numbers from the weekend, how well he hit it off the tee and how well he hit it uh, into the greens, but not necessarily with his putter. I think the I think he was sixth in strokes gain off the tee and fortieth in putting. And now some of those are skewed a little bit because he had a couple of good putts from just off the green, which I think, as he pointed out, would count more in the chipping stats. But it is amazing if you try to add up the parts, it doesn't really seem to fit that he wins this tournament, does it? It doesn't, Bob. And I think you can really point to the performance on the par fives, uh, especially on the weekend. I mean, when you're grabbing two, two against the field, it seems uh, at you know either one par five a day or in, in, in Sunday's case, a few par fives, I mean, Eagles, Eagles make up for a lot of mistakes. You know, birdies get bogeys back, but Eagles get them back and then some, right? I think you're right. I think it's hard to make this math line up, but I, to your point, not only the bunker holeouts, the putts from off the green, the chip-ins, I mean, it was, it was kind of almost comical all week because Jordan looked 
you know, like a guy that was ready to just completely shoot 81 at any moment. Uh, and, and, and it's weird because, you know, Tita Green wasn't that bad. So I, I don't know why it had that energy to it like it was never truly in control. But I guess the take is, if we want to take a positive take, if he's winning the RBC Heritage and the three of us believe that he's still a work in progress, then we just saw a PGA Tour player, you know, win a, win a golf tournament with their B game. And that doesn't happen too often anymore. We used to see Tiger do it with his C game. And, and, and you know, a C game, he'd go in a playoff. A B game, he'd win by one or two. And his A game, he'd win by 15. But, I mean, normal PGA Tour players usually need their A game to win. And I'm not so sure Jordan won with his A game this week. And maybe that's a positive that Jordan can take for the rest of the year. Because if he finds the A game, if he puts it all together statistically, to your point, Bob, and calms down between the ears a little, he's still a jittery mess. Uh, And if he can do it between now and the PGA Championship, then maybe there will be a different narrative about Jordan Spieth trying to complete a career Grand Slam in a month. With Mark Sacchino, who's back from covering the RBC Heritage for the ESPN Plus Golf TV here in Canada. Uh, Mark, that's just where I was going, is the PGA Championship. Because, you know, after his performance at the Masters, where he missed the cut, you'd think, this guy, you know, there's, there's nothing there for the PGA Championship in this pursuit for history. But now after a victory, and even after what you just said, Mark, about how we're really not sure which Jordan Spieth is going to show up on that particular day, on that particular hole... How much has your outlook for Jordan Spieth changed with the PGA Championship coming up soon, or has it changed at all? That's a good question, Adam, and I'm wondering if it's changed. I think I think a lot's going to unfold over the next few weeks or so. Um, you know, is it was this a building block? Like, again, is he on an upward swing and the Masters and – the Valero Texas open were just a couple of weeks too soon. Uh, He was still working on it. He was still putting it together or did he just get every break known to man this weekend and this week with hole outs and uh, chip ins and things of that nature that uh, that point to my point where you just will it in the hole. That's not necessarily necessarily a recipe uh, for success uh, long-term. Uh, it'll pop up on the radar once in a while. It'll keep you in the top 20 in the world. It'll get you likely on Ryder Cup teams because he's just that good. But is it a guy who's going to then just, you'll be able to call on that in 30 days? I, I feel a little better. I guess to answer your question, Adam, if I had to to say something, I certainly feel a little better than, than we did two weeks ago. And a week ago, it would be hard not to. He just won a golf tournament without his without his good stuff. So, you know, I'm hopeful that he – I like Jordan. I think the game's better with Jordan winning. I find him interesting. Um, I mean, I wish he was Mike. Wouldn't you guys love a threesome of Terrell Hatton, Billy Horschel, and Jordan Spieth on a Thursday at the PGA Championship? Let's just mic him up and let him go. I mean, you wouldn't need a commentating crew on that channel, let me tell you. Those guys just – they give you everything. Um, so we'll see. I, yeah, I feel a little better, but I'm not 100% sold that this is – but this is here uh, back yet. I'm not going to use the word back. I think this is a good sign, a bonus victory. Well done. But I'm going to reserve long-term judgment. How are you guys on this? Well, you know, the one thing, and I was going to ask you this, Mark, and it kind of leads into just what you said, is when it, whenever somebody wins a tournament, a lot of people lose a tournament. And how many bullets did, did he dodge 
his speed dodge and getting to the finish line without somebody else going a go past him or having a you know a 10-man playoff because there was such a crowded leaderboard out there and guys like Harold Varner and uh, uh, Shane Lowry you know guys were just not able to get to that final number so whenever you win obviously you got to get breaks from other guys were you surprised that there probably weren't more people involved in that playoff or that someone didn't pass him shocked Bob and and uh, you know I was surprised that 13 was enough uh, near the end. I was thinking, okay, you know, when we had a hole or two left and near the end of yesterday's coverage, I was covering uh, featured hole coverage was my last assignment yesterday. So I had 17 our featured hole. So we were bringing in all the groups. And by that point I was thinking, okay, well, 13 is definitely going to be a playoff. Um, and it's a question of how many in the playoff. But to your point, before that, you know, when we had seven holes left, I think Jordan posted 13 under or when Lowry still had four holes to play, possibly even five. There was a big gap there. I don't know what happened to Cantley and Van Royen fell well off the pace and were a full hole behind. Uh, In fact, the entire 16th hole was empty at one point. Uh, and and I really thought Lowry was going to get to 14 and and, and stay there. Um, he just seemed snake bit, you know what the, what the the incident on 14, the inability to uh, birdie the par five, the miss putt at 16, the real makeable one on 17. I mean, to me, to your point, Bob, you're bang on. There's a lot of guys that we could do this with, but the one that leaps out uh, at me is Shane Lowry. He should have won this golf tournament. He had nine, he had nine occasions on Sunday to take this golf tournament by the throat, and and at no point did he ever do so. And that's why, when you look at his uh, his season today, it's a large bucket of brilliant performances without a victory because you need to know how to close. And it's amazing to me how many of these guys at this high, high, high level just cannot close. I say it all the time. When we, when we get out there and we do radio with the radio team, I say it to the guys every, every day, every Sunday, every Sunday. Sundays are just different. It's, just, it's amazing. These guys look like absolute machines. They look like programmed, perfect golf machines Thursday to Saturday. And then all of a sudden, Sunday's different. Well, and even on Sunday, too, Shane Lowry hit – you know, early in his early in his front nine, it wasn't a cold top with a long iron, but it was pretty close to a cold top with a long iron. We'll put it that way. Um, but and and Mark too, I know you had Shane Lowry on your TSN Edge team. I thought your fourth win was just around the corner <laughs> there, my friend, but but just came up short. But yeah, Lowry's playing uh, some great golf, and uh, you know just can't get it done on Sunday. But Jordan Speed. That 13th career PGA Tour victory, and who knows, you know, that pursuit of that career Grand Slam, the outlook could be a little brighter for Jordan Spieth come a month from now with PGA Tour. Quick question for you boys. Quick quick question for you boys, because, you know, we've been doing a lot of Tiger retrospective over the last few weeks and thinking about Tiger because of what happened last week at the Masters. I got the most hilarious email through our Golf Talk Canada website. One of our viewers just losing his mind because he says we all talk about Tiger too much. It was quite, I wish I could read it on the air. It was absolutely hilarious. But on the way home, I was thinking, 
about, you know, we always look at Tiger stats and how good he was. You know, the 15 majors, the cut streak, the, you know, there's a million records that we can look at and go, wow, that's never going to be touched again. But you know what I was thinking? Every week on the PGA Tour now, it seems like there's a playoff. I mean, like 72 holes rarely anymore is enough to decide a golf tournament. I mean, it came down to the 70, 72nd hole at the PGA Championship. I mean, we've had several playoffs already, and I, it got me thinking, guys. I mean, Rocco Mediate at the U.S. Open, Bob May at the PGA Championship, and I'm struggling to find in 82 victories with Tiger Woods. I'm struggling to find more than two or three playoffs I can remember off the top of my head. Like, I'm wondering, like 78 of those tournaments, he won easily in 72 holes. Just one more statement to show how different the game is right now, how good he was, and how far this current crop, with all due respect, that are amazing world-class players are not even close. Yeah, and, and one of the more notable ones, Mark, was uh, Chris DeMarco as well in 2005 yes. at the Masters when after that, arguably the most famous golf shot of all time. So some would say that that chip in on 16th hole on the 16th hole in the 2005 masters in the final round. Then Tiger Woods goes and bogeys the final two holes in regulation. And DeMarco almost chipped in in regulation on the, on the 72nd hole to win that golf tournament. Many people forget. That was actually one of the things I watched back in the COVID lockdown, back in the deep depths of lockdown in April, 2020, when you're we showing every masters that's ever been, been played. But uh, you know, Tiger Woods, it's such a dominant uh, player and you know, Mark will be seeing him for sure at the JP McManus pro-am before the open championship. Who knows, maybe at the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open before. We'll definitely see him at the Open Championship at, the, at, at St. Andrews as well. Mark, thanks for your time today. We'll see you for TV later this week. Boy, see you at television tomorrow. Thanks, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you guys uh, in studio. Yes, we will. That's Mark Sacchino back from his uh, with ESPN Plus, PGA Tour Live, Golf TV here in Canada. And we'll be doing TV a little later this week, airing Wednesday at 1 p.m. on TSN4. Bob, on the other side, it's our favorite time of the show, Winners Weird and What. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by... Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks. Now, this is Winners Weird and What. We'll get to that momentarily, but Bob, there is some breaking news in the other sport that you cover very closely, and that is curling. And, you know, it's a time of year where you see a lot of teams, you know, change. Uh, you know, you see a lot of new teams and new places. And Team Botcher, got to tell you, I'm not sure if, if you're aware of this yet, but there is a brand new team of Ben Hebert, Brett Gallant, Mark Kennedy, and Brendan Botcher. That is a new team in curling coming up. Just announced on Twitter about one minute ago. <laughs> there has been a lot of speculation about that team. And I will tell you one other thing. I don't know if there's any of the major teams that stayed together. Just about every one of them broke up. It's the start of uh, what they call a quadrennial. So the teams that form themselves yeah. now are in a run for the next Olympic cycle. So 
in any case, there's also great news that uh, Trevor Hoffbauer of Calgary oh. uh, is on pace right now to potentially set the Canadian record in the marathon. He's uh, he's having a really good race at the Boston Marathon right now, and the men the men's fin- are just about to finish. They're a couple minutes away. Anyway, look. Look at that. That's our curling and our running update right here on Golf Talk Canada. Now, segueing back to the golf portion of the show, it's Winner's Weird and What, our favorite time of the show. And this week, Bob, you have the tee. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All right, Adam, I know you've posted some pretty low rounds in your career, some under par rounds, but a guy by the name of Ben Murphy, who was playing in a sort of a charity event in Australia, down under, had himself quite a day last week. He actually posted a 15 under par round of 57, 11 birdies and two eagles. And it's on a regulation. This is not a cheap course. It was a 6,700-yard course. And he got to, uh, he eagled a, a 17th, which meant that he could, he could, you know, ease in with a 58 with a par in the last hole. But no, he decided he was going to go for the 57. He set a birdie. And just to put this in comparison, uh, one of the websites out here put in uh, context, there was a qualifying round, the Monday qualifier for the Valero Texas Open a couple weeks ago, where they uh, have open qualifying for players who can try to get a spot into the field. One player shot 135 that's in one round shot 135 so ben murphy's score is uh, just just 78 shots better than the 135 that the guy posted isn't it a 57 is it a pretty amazing round it's remarkable bob now i shot 57 before as well but then i teed off on the 16th hole or 15th hole so you know but 57 for 18 holes 67 yards that's impressive it's remarkable, remarkable stuff. All right, uh, we know Jordan Spieth won last week at the uh, at, or on Sunday yesterday at the RBC Heritage. The great performance by Jordan Spieth. We've been discussing it all day. Not such a great performance by the guy who was awarding the trophy. Listen to him as he announces the winner of the tournament. Very carefully. Listen to this. The 2022 RBC Heritage Champion, Justin Spieth. Yes. Yes, you heard that correctly. He was announced as Justin Spieth. I'm thinking the guy probably got him mixed up with uh, Justin Thomas, who is, uh, of course, one of his close friends. But the uh, crowd afterwards there, as it was just fading that out, they all started yelling, Jordan, Jordan. And Jordan didn't really know which which way to turn. He kind of went up there. And then afterwards, there was a lot of people sort of chuckling behind there. And I guess the guy realized what he had done. I've only seen that once, one other time. And that was at the U.S. Women's Open, the only U.S. Women's Open I've ever covered. <laughs> and the USGA president was a woman at the time. And instead of announcing Brittany Lang, uh, she announced her as Bethany Lang. And, and poor uh, Brittany didn't know what to do. She was sort of sitting back, well, what, is that me? I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I guess people get nervous in those moments and certain things into the, go happen into their, into their minds. So yeah, strange, you know, strange you know, stuff. You know, Bob, I wonder, you know, hopefully people tuning in don't think of Adam Weeks and Bob Zucchino and, uh, and Mark <laughs> yeah, Scully. Yeah, that's it. I wonder. That's exactly right. <laughs> we have to win a tournament first to get that yes. problem to happen. So, uh, and then my what is, what a, what a comeback for Morgan Hoffman. 
Morgan Hoffman, uh, as many people may know, is was a PGA Tour player, is still a PGA Tour player, but he's in a, been on a disability since 2019. His last start was October 2019. He was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, and he's been basically living off the grid. There was a remarkable story about him living in Costa Rica, essentially detached from society, doing some strange things to try and figure a way to get around this disease. And one of them included something called urine therapy, which I'll just leave it there at that. But yeah. he came back, missed the cut by one shot, and said he sort of felt he was good, felt he accomplished what he wanted to do. I don't know if he's going to continue playing, keep going, or how that's going to work out. But it was something else, to be sure, to see Morgan Hoffman back in. And good for him for uh, for putting the blades back on. He really hadn't even been practicing all that much down in Costa Rica. I mean, that's that's got to be a tough thing to come back from. Totally a tough thing to come back from. And this is a guy who had a great college career. You know, he sort of came on the PGA Tour at the same time. Ricky Fowler, I know, knows him well. And, and it's great to see him back. And, and uh, let's see what, what the future holds here for Morgan Hoffman. All right, uh, Adam, the tee is yours. 348. Oh! <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. That's right, Bob. I don't know if you if you'd heard my new winners weird and what's thing. I, no. I I segued away from you know Phil Mickelson for obvious reasons, <laughs> and uh, I thought you know that video that we that took place in December in Carlsbad hitting the stealth plus, and uh, that that was that was a fun little exercise we did. Good for you. Uh, I like that one. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, speaking of uh, good and good things in the game, my winner this week, Jordan Spieth, and but for, this is for what he did just after he finished in regulation. So. For you know, a year, two years with COVID, players weren't really signing autographs. And after Jordan Spieth finished in regulation, there were a couple hundred young fans waiting for him, wanting a selfie, wanting an autograph. And he said, you know what, guys, let's wait till this is over. I'm not sure if I'll be in a playoff. I want to make sure I'm ready for any playoff, go to the range, hit some putts, et cetera, et cetera. But he said, I will be back after. And so after Jordan Spieth, Goes in the playoff, wins the golf tournament, gets that jacket, not quite a green jacket, but it's, it's a good jacket nonetheless for that victory and called Justin Spieth as well. What did he do? He went and signed autographs uh, for, for the many fans waiting. And for, for little kids, that they'll think of Jordan Spieth as an idol for life for, for coming up and, and seeing the Bob. Jordan Spieth is one of the good guys in the game of golf. Really nice to see that guy keeping his word who promised to come back and did come back. And that is the kind of guy that Jordan Spieth is. And uh, in many ways, I've, I've only known him a little bit, but uh, what he embodies is what you want from every athlete. Totally. Okay, my weird this week. We know there are some weird rules in the game of golf, and weird things happen sometimes on the golf course, i.e. for Dylan Fratelli on Sunday when he hit his ball into basically some sort of, would you call it a tree branch? Well, the ball was hanging off, it was like a tree it's, limb? What would you call it's it? It's called it's called Spanish moss. And if you go down to Hilton Head, you'll see this is kind of like a, an external growth that hangs on the trees. And it's, it's kind of like a web, the best way to put it. And that's how the ball got stuck in there. Yeah, and so Dylan Fratelli decides, I'm not taking an unplayable lie. I'm going to play it as it lies. And he basically was standing directly behind the ball. He had, I believe it was his driver out. Some are saying his putter. I think it was his driver. And he basically hit it over his head as if... not Like a tomahawk, right? Like a tomahawk. Yeah, like a tomahawk. Or like you're axe throwing almost. And 
Uh, you can't do that because you're standing directly behind the ball, according to Rule 10.1c, making a stroke while standing across or on line of play. It's not this wasn't quite <laughs> side saddle like he was behind it, but I don't I don't know. This, this is this get this getting creative. Come on. Well, this I I agree with you. This this rule when I think of this rule, it goes back well before your time. But Sam Snead, late in his career, was the first guy to putt. He would stand astride the line. And he would basically use his putter like a croquet mallet, hitting the ball between his legs. And that's what was ruled that you weren't allowed to stand across the line. So that's basically what he was doing, even though the line of his ball, in this case for, for Dylan Fratelli, was uh, 15 feet up in a tree. So it does seem a little extreme to penalize him for that because you don't really know where that line is. But, hey, two shots added to his score. It would have been one of the greatest pars of his life, as he said. But, yeah, like you mentioned, two shots added to his score. Okay, my what? Uh, you, know, you know me. I've been super high on the European Tour, the videos they do, now the DP World Tour. They put out another great video last week, the 14 Club Challenge between Rory McIlroy and Victor Hovland. Basically, this is where two guys are hitting to a target, generally around 160, 180 yards, and they have to try to get there with every club in the bag. Once someone uses the club, they're not allowed to use that one, so it goes up to 14. And Bob, I'm not sure how many of these you've actually seen, but Rory McIlroy absolutely waxed Victor Hovland. And it was pretty funny. You know, they played in the Ryder Cup last year at Whistling Straits, where Victor Hovland was known as kind of a prankster, kind of the, you know, the guy making a lot of jokes. And there's some great camaraderie between these two. But Rory McIlroy absolutely destroyed Victor Hovland. But it's great to see the creativity of these guys, you know, trying to knife a lob wedge 180 yards or hit a driver 180 yards, which is a lot tougher to do than you might think. Uh, yeah, it's not easy. You got to be pick those clubs appropriately to actually try and make sure you have the right ones or something you can hit. But that was pretty cool. Those guys, uh, again, once again, they uh, they put together some great videos. Yeah, they sure do. The DP World Tour are great to, to show the, some of the great personalities uh, on the on the world of golf, which is uh, which is awesome to see. Speaking of awesome to see, on the other side, an update on twenty weeks of TaylorMade. We'll do leaderboard updates as well as well as preview our TV show this coming Wednesday. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. All right, wrapping up GTC, Adam Scully, Bob Weeks. Time for some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one range finder in golf. LPGA Tour, Lotte Championship. Hiwaju Kim with a two-shot victory over Hinaka Shubono. Of course, Brooke Henderson withdrew due to an illness. Hopefully, we'll see her back in the field this week where she is defending in beautiful Los Angeles onto the Corn Ferry Tour, the Vertitex Bank Champ, Veritex Bank Championship, excuse me. Tyson Alexander 
Rounds of 65, 66, 66, 65, the Go Low Tour, 22 under par, a two-shot victory of note. Canadian, top Canadian there is Will Bateman at T18. Also, David Hearn making the cut there on the Corn Ferry Tour. RBC Heritage, PGA Tour, Jordan Spieth, 13th career PGA Tour victory in a playoff over Patrick Cantlay. The second playoff Cantlay has lost this year. Of course, he lost in that playoff to Scotty Scheffler back at the WM Phoenix Open and top Canadian Corey Connors at T12. Bob, speaking of leaderboard updates, 20 weeks of Taylor made just over around eight hours or so for our draw to uh, win a a stealth fairway uh, this week. Follow Golf Talk Canada, follow Taylor Made Canada, Twitter and Instagram, and you'll be in the draw to win as well. Our grand prize, an all inclusive trip to, for two to the to Casa de Campo, we're giving away over $30,000 in prizes uh, this year. Uh, Bob as well, Golf Talk Canada Television, Wednesday, 1 p.m. We'll hear your interview with Scott Pritchard. We'll have some big President's Cup news as well. We'll have a full breakdown of Jordan Spieth's victory, and we'll look ahead to the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, where there's an all-Canadian team playing this week, Adam Svensson and Adam Hadwin. The Adams. The Adams are uh, going to play together. And uh, Michael Gligic is also in the field. He's playing with Ryan Armour. Uh, another leaderboard update, I just, for my own self serving needs, yes. just to let you know yes. that Trevor Hoffbauer of Calgary has just finished the Boston Marathon in 15th spot, two wow. hours, 10 minutes, 51 seconds. Good for him. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a busy day, busy day around here, but uh, good to see. And Will Bateman, you mentioned on uh, the Corn Ferry Tour, Sunday 64 for Will Bateman. Uh, that's a pretty good performance for him as well. Not bad. And Bob as well, later this week, Wednesday on SportsCenter, you'll have another speed golf hit where we'll talk all about uh, the, the, the partnerships this week at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans as well. Some big news for Dustin Johnson this weekend. Is that right? Yeah, Saturday's the big wedding day. He's going to become part of Canada's royal family, marrying in officially into the Gretzkys. I mean, they've been together for a long time. They have two children. And uh, I asked Dustin uh, a couple weeks ago, I saw him and I said, how much planning have you done for this wedding? And he said, honestly, I said, honestly, he's a hero. He's been in charge. Anyway, uh, congratulations to, uh, to that duo for, uh, for making it official. Making it official. So Dustin Johnson making it official this weekend uh, with longtime fiance Paulina Gretzky joining the Gretzky family officially speaking of Gretzky speaking of hockey that's what's coming up next here on TSN 1050 a big weekend for the Maple Leafs a win over the Ottawa Senators on Saturday a win over the New York Islanders on Sunday which Bob you were sitting right behind the bench for no time to discuss that we'll save that for next week because you were literally sitting almost right beside Sheldon Keefe where he's standing the entire game Julia Tashery, Al's brother, have, have it all coming up next right here on TSN 1050. Thanks for joining us on Golf Talk Canada, and we'll see you next week right here on TSN 1050. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 Fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. 
For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.